We got the gang back yeah. together. Oh yeah, we we all haven't recorded in quite some time. Would it be so bad if an 84-year-old got into heroin? Welcome to the Cat Organizational Podcast. You idiot. It's written down in front of you, you idiot. This is like the buffalo chicken wrap of answers. I haven't heard about hot orcs in a while. We were so horny for motion controls in 2005. I can't wait to come back and tell you how it was Noah's Ark, you asshole. I would also like to retroactively say I've never had cotton candy acid. So Andrew's 100% doing a voice, right? Everybody get off IMDb now. Time to record. This episode and probably this whole this whole podcast is a mistake. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this podcast, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comics, video games, and how the Final Fantasy VII remake just might be the thing that saves our world from the brink of disaster. If it ever does actually come out. It's, it's I, Half-Life 3, Andrew. It's I thought Half-Life that 3. That was, I thought that was supposed to come out like... A decade ago? Exactly. It was. I bought a PS4 for the Final Fantasy VII Remake <laughs> in 2005. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So so not only is it coming out in later this year, well, it got moved a couple times, but it was originally going to be March. I think now it's April. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> and and it's really cool. I mean, you guys should see the trailer. Like, if you played Final Fantasy VII, I know you did, Todd. It, yeah. I mean, it, it looks really not. good. Like, the I trailer is actually... I played it enough to be dangerous. Yeah. Like I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trailer actually makes it look cool. Like I for a long time I was like this is never going to be as good as people have hyped, think it's going to be. But the trailer does a a good way good at hyping up. The problem is the thing's going to be episodic and I think like they they mentioned it like 2 years ago that this thing would come out in episodes and I feel like everyone's forgotten that this is just the first this is just the first half of disc 1 so when they when they only get to play the first like eighth of the game <laughs> right no one's like going to come back for for part 2 let I alone i just have a feeling yeah i just have a feeling like eight. everyone's going to lose their their goddamn minds because this is just the first like this is just midgar like literally like the intro, the the 6 hour introduction to the game that's got to be why they announced it so long ago. They're like, man, if we yeah. tell them two months in advance that it's only going to be in episodes, then no one will remember by the time the game actually comes out. They're they're yeah, playing forty chess. Yeah, <laughs> they always are. Uh, so so to segue. Uh, speaking of things that I can't believe exist, um, earlier this month we <laughs> saw the release of uh, thank you of uh, DC's Birds of Prey and the something 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 Harley Quinn. <laughs> now, while at the time of recording this, we're actually just a few days uh, from release. So we can assume by the time you are listening that this movie killed it in the box office and has absolutely revitalized the DC Cinematic Universe. Can I just say that my parents are getting paid to go to this movie this weekend? What? Um, they why, are... why are your parents getting paid to see DC's Birds of Prey? Because no Great one question, wanted this Andrew. movie except um, <laughs> Matt's parents. Like, except because... Margot Robbie. Um, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So everyone just say that when you say the full title rolls, so no one gets this, off the tongue. No one gets is that this confused. really what it is? That's real? Yeah. Um, well, I want you to say the full title because I don't want to get confused over which movie your parents are going to see. The Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn? No, Fantabulous. Fan- fantabulous. Fantab- oh, that's so much worse. Oh, God. Uh, no, I guess, like, they're getting paid by, like, some company that tests how well places handle Groupons. 
I'm convinced that it's a DC scam that they're just trying to put butts in seats for this movie. <laughs> I think they're trying to put butts in seats. Uh, well, I know that I will not be seeing this movie unless it's free on a plane. Um, I, imagine, <laughs> I imagine most of you will not be seeing this movie. So the most we're going to talk about 2020's Birds of Prey is that it exists. Um, but high level, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, this, this most recent version of Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn uh, pulls in Mar- Margot Robbie's titular Harley Quinn. There it is. Nice. Uh, from, from Suicide Squad, along with the likes of Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya. Did I get that right? I don't. I couldn't tell you if you did. <laughs> is I've Renee, never heard of that. Is no, Renee Montoya people- and in any way... Yeah. Related to the character <laughs> from the Princess Bride, <laughs> it's it's a greater extended universe, Kyle. <laughs> you killed my be, father's 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 father. That would be that would be quite the flex. Um, and you know, together they're gonna fight bad guys and say cool shit and probably learn a thing or two along the way. Anyway, I don't want to talk about 2020s Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn anymore. So you want to talk about well, 2002's Birds I want to talk okay. about 2002's Birds of Prey. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, all that aside, I am curious to hear how Ewan McGregor does as a bad guy. Like, that's something that I would be interested to see, but What's, that's... What is he? Obi-Wan Kenobi's the bad guy? Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi is the <laughs> black Obi-Wan mask Kenobi. in this uh, movie. He's Wait, the, he's, I thought that... Isn't that guy. the guy from Sailor Moon? <laughs> no, that's that's, that's tuxedo, that's tuxedo mask. mask. Oh my bad. That's very um, different. That's also part of the extended universe. Um, two that... things: one, tuxedo mask is a wild name, and two, Todd. Well done. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, you're welcome, everyone. I uh, I've been caging up some uh, some nerdy energy from my uh, vacation in New Zealand. So here I am. Here he is. I did not know Ian McGregor was attached to. Birds of Prey, the fantabulous <laughs> emancipation of Harley Quinn, <laughs> which means it has at least two actors hitting way below their pedigree to be in this movie. Um, what, money's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Kyle, sure who's the second? I would say Margot I mean, Robbie is better yeah. than this movie. But would, this is like she, this is like a Margot Robbie though. vehicle. I know it is. <laughs> it's a vehicle. Like I, it's it's kind of like Will Smith and. What is it? Not Bicentennial Man. Uh, Encino, not Encino Man. In, in Gemini, Gemini Man. Squad. <laughs> Gemini Man. It's it's a vehicle. So she's not. It's, she's the driver. This is I her. Like, this is her real work. All right. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about it. So so as as Kyle alluded to, we've seen a live ad, live action adaptation of Birds of Prey once before in the past. To be specific, yeah. not. To be specific, way, way we have not seen We this. as a collective society, <laughs> none of us here have ever watched that show. Actually, I watched a little bit of it, and it's bonkers. Um, <laughs> y'all should watch it when you get a chance. How many but, episodes uh, did it run, Andrew? Do you know? Too many. Can I, can I introduce the thing first, please? No. <laughs> no. All right. All right, everyone shut up. <laughs> Everybody shut up. Way back in the early 2000s, uh, in the era of, of our beloved Angel and Charmed, if you guys remember those shows. I don't. Uh, oh, I loved Angel. You um, got it. The, the CW gave us, or the, then what was called the WB, gave us a similarly titled series featuring a team-up between Batgirl slash Oracle, um, Huntress, which this version was, was said to be, I don't think this is real, but this version was apparently the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. Nice. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if that's a real thing. And a telepath named Dinah Redman. 
So great. Um, <laughs> why like, why is there always a bird of prey with a very normal ass white? Just a, just a name. Yeah, just a name. So in this one, Dinah was like a teen that they were. She's she's like she brought in the teen stuff. Um, <laughs> Dinah. I guess Dinah what, turned out to be. What's your um, superpower? I bring in the teen <laughs> I'm a stuff. teen. I'm relatable uh, to teens. I God, do. I hate this flavor I, text. I'm in a love. I'm in a love triangle. Uh, Diana, Dinah turned out to be Black Canary's daughter. So that's the connection. Spoiler: um, Who is who is Jeez. played by 2019's Lori Laughlin? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you remember Lori Laughlin from 2019? And. Uh, and Harley Quinn was actually in this as one of the like the end bad guys, the main antagonists, hmm. um, which is which is really funny. And she was like kind of the one behind the strings, and, and she was revealed in the the end of season one, which was the end of the series. Um, <laughs> also, fun note: she's played by Mia Sarah, who you may know as the girlfriend from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What? That's oh, ridiculous. That, that's what she did after after Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Waited that's 15 it. years. That's and, it. <laughs> <laughs> to be Harley Quinn for one episode of the CW's Birds of Prey. Wait, wow. who, did uh, you, who did you say it was? Mia Sarah. I thought, I thought Amy Dolenz was the girlfriend in Ferris Bueller. Nope. Okay. You thought wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and, and also, if you haven't guessed from before, the show is not good. <laughs> I would assume <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Uh, it's a little cheesy. I do recommend there's a couple YouTube clips because I guess this is on this is now on CW's like streaming app, which I've never heard of until <laughs> a couple days ago. Um, and they have a bunch of clips up there. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. There, it's it's just got so much of that like Evanescence era energy. <laughs> too much, too much eyeliner and, and yeah. black oh, hair God, dye. So much, so much eyeliner and leather ja- and uh, trench coats, leather trench coats. So um, I thought it was time to help the CW out. They're clearly hurting now that now that Arrow is over, which I, was, I also learned recently. Arrow's um, over. Arrow's over. Yeah. End of an era. Yeah. Season series finale just wrapped like a uh, couple weeks ago. Was that Crisis uh, as on as Infinite Earths? Was that did that kill Arrow? I don't know. I think I've it did actually. Yeah. They've never seen one episode of it. Um. So I figured they're clearly clearly hurting for new adaptations since uh, Netflix is running hot on Sabrina the Teenage Witch now, which I also haven't seen, but looks that is good. very good. Can confirm. I mean, it's I would highly yeah. suggest they just dropped the third <laughs> season. I haven't watched it, but wasn't or maybe it's the second. Whatever season it, they just dropped, it's been, been good it. so far. They just and dropped season three. It's very popular among the same people who like Riverdale yeah, and if, all the other there shows. You go. Sure, sure, sure. And since I don't care about any of these dumb shows, and this is now officially the longest intro we've ever yeah, done. Yeah, we took a long time I, to get here. I pulled in my own team of C-list heroes to do the job that I don't want to do. So everyone, allow me to introduce Kyle, Men of Letters Harper, Todd, Scooby Gang Thomas, and Matt, Mars Investigations Cole. I don't know Men of Letters. I know the... I'm, I know Supernatural. Okay. I know Scooby Gang, and I'm assuming Mars Investigations is Veronica Mars, but I don't know it Men is. of Letters. Okay. Scooby Gang is what I repeat in the bridge of my rap song. That's what that was. That was that reference. What? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Scooby, Scooby Gang is what the, the kids call themselves in Buffy, Matt. Oh. This is before, this is before your time. Todd is, Todd is alluding, if, if he were a Both. DJ Khaled type uh, hype man, well. he would yell mm-hmm. Scooby Gang when it's his turn <laughs> well, to yell things. <laughs> 
Welcome to Let's Explain Todd's Jokes. It's a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast within a podcast. All right, let's. We need to get moving, uh, gentlemen. Uh, we, <laughs> I need you to present to me your next greatest the CW adaptation. So what I want you to do is take a lesser known franchise or character and glow it up into the sexy new teen slash young adult drama. So I want I want the following. Give me my main character or characters. Is this like a team? Is this focused on one person? Um, and then give me the antagonist. Who's the big bad pulling all the strings behind the scenes? All right. So my newest, best CW adaptation, um, following in the vein more of Riverdale, uh, taking an old, wholesome show, wholesome IP and making it hot and sexy, um, <laughs> we're going to do The Flintstones. The, <laughs> the modern Stone Age family. Um, uh. And who boy, is it going to be sexy? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So we've got Fred and Wilma, Wilma hot 30 somethings who had kids real young. Uh, their kid, of course. Their kid real young. Um, Pebbles is now out being a high schooler. Uh, so Fred and Wilma are trying to reclaim their 20s. Did Wilma get teen pregnant? Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh. <laughs> which, which will be, uh, the, that'll, that'll come back up um, in season two or three, I'm sure. Of course um, it will. <laughs> uh, their daughter, Pebbles, is a junior at Bedrock High. Um, their lives change when the mysterious Rubble family moves next door. Um, so the mysterious in, rubble family in in this continuity, um, it we're we're starting when when the the rubbles Barney and Betty move in um, next door to Fred. Um, so Barney, learning that Fred is a foreman at Slate Rock and Gravel, uh, befred, tries to befriend him, um, only for Fred to find out that Mister Rubble is actually a very high like executive consultant that. Uh, <laughs> The slate gravel, rock Wait, and gravel company brought should, in to you're downsize. Just you're just describing the Flintstones movie. That was wasn't that wasn't <laughs> with, that with, Kyle McLaughlin yeah. or whatever his name is in the Flintstones movie? The guy sure. from Twin Peaks. Sure. I mean, yes, that is what happened. But we're we're <laughs> shuffling things around. Where right. I'm, a, I'm I'm allowed to borrow things for my cheap knockoff CW show. Don't act like Fair this enough. is above anything CW does. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which obviously like downsizing would put Fred's job and all his friends' jobs at risk. Um, so he, that's, that's our first, like our main conflict of the show is like, what's going to happen there. But we also have, um, Betty Rubble, Barney's wife, uh, the, the sultry executive's wife, um, who's already bored of this small working town, um, and is looking to shake things up and is going to do that in the most... <laughs> CW trashy show way possible. So she's the slut. Yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> and we have their son, uh, Bam Bam Rubble. This, you know, all the making waves at the high school, superstar jock, super popular, super handsome. And Listen, Bam Bam is also a slut. Let's and, just get And just secrets. sets Pebbles' heartstrings a quiver. <laughs> a quiver. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh quiver um uh, so that that's our that's kind of our first episode is like watching those 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 are our two main families that's our main conflict 
and gives you a very nice, uh, concise summary of who our main characters are. Kyle, can I, I throw can... can I throw a question at you just right now? Do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you we're all very familiar with the Flintstones, right? How like <laughs> dinosaurs are appliances and gadgets in their everyday lives. Yep. yep. So since these are like two hot thirty somethings, and it's it's them trying to like live their best lives and and reignite the love in their marriage, there's gonna be an episode about their sex life at some point. Kyle, my question <laughs> for you is: What is the Flintstone version of Viagra? What? <laughs> what? My brain went in a in a very similar but different direction. Yeah, well, I know where yours went, and I, I took a I took a I took a Louie when you wanted to take a Rui. So yeah, um, I'll be honest, Todd. <laughs> what sad animal? <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> oh, I'm... that's the oh. I'll be honest, Todd. I don't have an answer for you. So, I don't want an answer, Kyle. I think so it's that'll, whatever. That'll just. I'll let heart... you. I'll let you live. Live in that. Live in your mind space <laughs> and all our listeners' mind space to be whatever they want it to be. Because I didn't go there. I, uh, well, no one. Okay. I did I'm a little asking... bit of world building for this, but not that much. Part, part of our job as hosts of this show is to ask the questions that our listeners are asking themselves out loud right. while they're while they're listening to this podcast. True. So right. How um, how is Betty going to get her rocks off in this? <laughs> someone, CW how many times will the joke "Get my rocks off" be made? <laughs> once, once an episode <laughs> for five seasons to a laugh track every time. Um, right, I do know. Let's move on. I do know. Um, in in the first ten minutes of episode one, a bird is going to look dead camera and be like, "This is called tweeting," and then it. Collectively, every viewer everywhere is going to groan and turn off the TV. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm going to fling my Andrew, TV in the trash. Andrew, yeah, I, I got, want someone else to go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Andrew, you know what sexy teen reboot we've all been waiting for? No, I don't. Yep, you guessed it. Dexter's Laboratory. So, um, okay, now I know what you're thinking. You're going to say, hey, wasn't Big Bang Theory kind of this? Well, that answer is meh. And you also may be thinking... (laughs) Yes, Big Bang Theory known for its giant secret laboratory. (laughs) Um, Well, and you also may be thinking... Hey, doesn't Rick and Morty kind of add some edginess to this property? And to that, I say, stop interrupting me with questions. The point here is that we have a, a new story. <laughs> you didn't ask those. Someone's asking those. Um, so we have this new story now to follow Dexter as he's going to enter his first year at Grove University as a new awkward, sexy teen, young adult freshman. So there to guide Wait, him. Is Dexter, Dexter is sexy in this adaptation? Um, he's like he's like Michael Sarah nerdy sexy. Okay, so he's sexy, but he doesn't know it. Yeah, like there's gonna come a point where like he's gonna take his shirt off or something, there, and that's yeah. when people are like, like, "Oh, so they like, did a, like they Tom did a, Welling in uh in in the Superman one." They did a couple episodes of Dexter's Lab where they like jump to the future, and he meets yeah. oh, he meets like adult Dexter. Yeah, he's got it going mm-hmm. on. Like, <laughs> yeah, they. <laughs> 
He what's happening in that show? <laughs> oh, there's a lot. Um, okay, well, so so you know, there to guide him in his first year at this university is his older sister Deidre. Um, she's the popular gotcha. president of her sorority. But uh, is she, she eight feet tall. <laughs> yeah, she's just gigantic, <laughs> proportionally. Um, well, like so. So part of one of the initial conflicts is that you know Dexter anticipates that she's going to help guide him through this college experience because she's a senior and he's a freshman. Um, but she doesn't because she's frustratingly way more popular than Dex. He tries to go by Dex for a while. It's a whole episode. It doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of like. Where everyone else in their freshman year does like a facial hair experiment, he does a like this is what you call me now experiment. Um, yeah. Except well, except he went to college with everyone from high school, so no one yeah. <laughs> no one does it. Well, the, apparently the I would think the hometown for Dexter's laboratory is Genius Grove. So yeah, he's in his own. Is. He's Grove Grove University is in Genius Grove, which so. that is exactly season three of Veronica Mars. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Every story has been told before. Yep. Um, okay, so so as with all uh, good stories, the first season's main conflict begins <laughs> when Dexter, who is Grove University's hand selected recipient of the highly regarded Provost Premier Scholarship, meets his roommate S. Mandark Estromanov. So that is the person that he beat for that scholarship. If you don't, if you aren't familiar with Dexter's Laboratory, Mandark is like his big. It, like, Todd, do a Mandark supposed... laugh. Do a Mandark laugh right now. <laughs> ha 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 ha! It's really good. I hear it in my in my mind before I even yeah. say it. Um, um, are we are, are we to believe Dexter and Mandark have not met? In this continuity, yeah. Or... In this continuity, we're gonna say no. Um, yes. That just makes sense more. So this is but like anyway. this is like Mike Wazowski and Randall from Monsters <laughs> University. Yeah. It completely rewrites <laughs> rewrites everything that you've known. Um, but Mandark is the person that uh, he beat for that scholarship. So what unfolds is this fierce rivalry um, as the the chief, like season one big bad uh, Mandark, kind of keeps us on the edge of our seats as they you know butt heads back and forth. And to really set the tone for this show. This is going to be like a a deep pull. Do any of you three remember MTV's TV show Undressed? No. No. It's vaguely. It means you had a more wholesome childhood than I did if you don't. So Undressed was about college students and it ran for like 3 years and it was effectively just softcore porn on MTV that came on after like 10:30 p.m. Um <laughs> anyway, that's what this is only with science. Um <laughs> So the the point being is that to to sum this all up, Dexter is now a freshman in college, and we're turning the Bunsen burner on science and sexiness up. Nope. Mm. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, like that. It's a bad tagline. Run up on your mind. Burner. That's that's what's going on the DVD cover that no one's buying. <laughs> <laughs> we. I'm glad that Kyle had the bird looking at the screen saying, "Looks like we're tweeting or whatever," and I had this <laughs> because everyone needs that groan. That's a that's, quote. That's a. That's <laughs> everyone a... needs that groan. That's your tagline. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Is that... <laughs> okay. Great. Um. I guess next is Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm next. I'm so excited. Oh man, I'm so excited. <laughs> Okay, so this whole giant show-and-tell thing, a little bit out of our our video game comic book MO. Um, So to compensate for this, I wanted to pick a franchise that produced comics for Marvel and DC and also has arguably the best Sega Genesis game of all time, and I will not be taking questions or rebuttals to that statement. Um, (laughs) 
While it's not exactly lesser known, it's absolutely been underserviced for the last 15 years. Let's talk about Power Rangers. Yeah. Oh, God. Is everyone as excited as I am? I'm not. I'm well, not no. There's no, there's no good or deep uh, or convoluted source material for this topic, so I can't wait to see what you've come up with. Okay, so what I've come up with is not a lot of things. First off, it's not a new American localization of this year's Super Sentai show. Um, it's not a continuation of that god-awful abomination of a movie from 2017, and it's not even that gritty fan film from 2015 that got all of our nostalgia dongs really, really hard. Um, this is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. Really <laughs> um, this is Rangers, the new post-World War III wasteland <laughs> tale that follows Kim Hart, a real Sarah Connor oh, type hey. who's seen more hate than she has peace. God. He's still going. Oh, I wrote a script. I'm playing Andrew this week. I wrote a script, and I'm excited to read it. Um, in the wake of Operation Zed, Kim is pursuing her last hope, a distress beacon from Angel Grove, California. She's been hiding for nearly 10 years and hasn't heard a word from the others. The communication from Angel Grove is the first sign of life across the divide that she's heard since the fall. <laughs> well, wait, wait, okay. Time out. I have to process that. Okay. I love... You You put in the I same sentence. Two, two oh, so good. proper nouns. Yes. That mean nothing. Uh, yes, oh, that mean so good. nothing. Yes, <laughs> guys, this is. You've just written a hundred robots read, watched a thousand <laughs> sci-fi teen dramas, and you just they, this is what they. That's wrote. what you asked for, right? This is a CW yeah. show. I thought you wanted bot-generated I, content. No, it's 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 really okay. Cool. So I'm. Is this what it is this what it feels like when I do <laughs> yes, this? Yes, this is it. This is exactly it. Prepare. Yeah, that's accurate. Prepare to be force-fed your own drug. Um, we oh, open God. in a dark cave somewhere in the desert. We see quick flashbacks of war, a battle with huge machines and bodies everywhere. Between flashbacks, we cut to a, cu a tight shot of a woman clearly having a nightmare. Ships keep landing on the coast, everyone with a hammer and sickle emblazoned on the prow. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy soldiers look like men, but they have no substance. It's like they've all had their distinguishable features erased, and now they're just empty templates of soldiers. We see the silhouette of our first Power Ranger. A blue figure stands atop a hill being swarmed by soldiers. He's visible only for an instant before he's swallowed by flailing bodies. The woman whispers Billy. Another flashback. We see a huge machine that resembles a mastodon topple over. Zack, she whispers. A massive tiger-like creature rears back with its teeth bared, but it's overwhelmed by a machine of equal size. Trini, the woman says. In a final flashback, we see the Red Ranger taking on a faceless soldier from every angle. Another silhouette of a ranger appears beside him. The second ranger suddenly turns to the first, pulls out a dagger, and rears to stab him. The woman wakes up. Kim gets the distress call from Angel Grove, the first oh communication God. she's gotten from west of the Divide in nearly ten years. She decides to head in that direction, and we see her load up a small backpack with what is clearly all of her belongings. Mounting an old, faded pink dirt bike, she leaves the cave behind in a cloud of dust. With nothing but the wasteland behind her, Kim heads to Angel Grove in search of hope and revenge. The hope of salvation for her old friend Tommy, and her final revenge against the repulsion force who has taken over the country. <laughs> Slow pan out to the wide shot, and we God, see the Grand God. Canyon, now called the Divide. It looks different, <laughs> devoid of color and beauty, and in a word, ruined. In the distance, we can see a large black outline against the brown rock. What's left of the pterodactyl zord lays a mangled wreck in its final resting place. 
As the small speck we know as Kim rides out of frame, the title faded. The title fades in. Rangers. A crack in the shape of a lightning bolt separates the word in two. Scene. Of course. I have a few things. Alright, Kyle, let's do it. <laughs> really? Do you? <laughs> One. I st- I I stopped listening after in between flashbacks. Um, <laughs> two. I'm not convinced Matt's not just reading his senior year creative writing assignment to us. <laughs> Three. I hate it. All right. <laughs> I've 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 I mean I share everything that, that Kyle said. I've only got one bit to add. Ironically, maybe that's the word. I don't know if that's the word I want. But here's a fact: Tommy, whose name real in real life is Jason, the OG Green Ranger. He mm. was in MTV's softcore late soft por- softcore <laughs> porn late '90s show Undressed. My well, favorite soft porn. <laughs> you know, we're, we're we're combining extended universes again. Jason David Frank has done some interesting things, <laughs> but I didn't know that he was in MTV's softcore porn late night show Undressed. That's T.I.O. Um, okay, so <laughs> I think the one thing that really resonates with me, uh, and and unfortunately the people listening can't see our show notes, but Matt has written out Kim Hart as K-Y-M. Yeah. And it's really resonating with me that Kim is spelled with a Y in this to show that it's edgy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that Ys are significantly edgier than Is. And yeah, and because, they'll and they'll highlight that in like the first five minutes. Yeah, like she'll pick up a name tag with her name on it and like right. clearly. There's, there's showing... characterization there that isn't allotted for a, a normal a normie K I M. There will be at least one conversation where someone says Kimberly and she looks at them darkly over her shoulder and says it's kim now yeah okay gross um all right let's move on i'm mad so i'm upset (laughs) it's really good okay so it's 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 something um buffy had uh, let's move on so buffy had angel and spike uh riverdale's archie has betty and veronica uh smallville's clark kent had the two girls from that sex cult that's Uh, really good (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious thank you Thank you. Uh, every so, what I'm saying is, every good CW drama needs a thriving love triangle and/or sex cult to give the characters a healthy balance of depression and hoardiness. So, <laughs> you're right, just yep. like The Witcher. Yep. What does your classic sexy teen love triangle look like, and how will it maintain the sexual tension to keep what people watching week after week? The trick is they never do it. Um, they never bang. So, Andrew. <laughs> In in Flintstones, the modern Stone Age family, it's just it's just <laughs> love triangles all the way down. Fred Fred is is trying to keep his marriage together with Wilma, but is also like getting getting the eyes from Betty. Um, sure. Bam 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 and Pebbles make this like high school power couple, but Bam Bam's running around on her with everyone in this high in the school. Um, He's the bad boy that she doesn't she can't quit. Exactly. Um, Pebbles, heartbroken, um, is finds comfort in the arms of Barney, no. Bam Bam's father. <laughs> no, 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 oh god, I hate that. It, look, Riverdale. I've, you get, none <laughs> of you guys have watched Riverdale. <laughs> no, it it not only goes there, but now we've got to like up the ante from that, and. Um, Game of Thrones and Riverdale made incest to passe, so we gotta Did we they? gotta find a new angle. 
Um, is that what is that what the critics are saying? Like who thinks this? Who who thinks that? What? Everyone, Andrew. Ugh. This this whole the thing TV is just watching like a, public. It's a weird stepdad swapping daughters porn, and I hate it. I I hate to say this, but Todd, please give us a less hornier answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, mine is a good deal less horny, yet still <laughs> horny. Um, Andrew, Fair. you're asking you're asking for a love triangle. Try a love quadrifolium, Shut my up. friend. Todd, what's a quadrifolium? Yeah, you're gonna have to Google it. It's like um, it's it's on a graph. If like the arc of the line you've drawn doubles back in on itself, um, is folium it, an F or a PH? It's it's the it's it's an F, and it looks like the command symbol. Actually, the command symbol on an Apple uh computer is a quadrifolium. Oh, yeah, welcome back so, to talking tungsten with Todd Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So anyway, there is a a love quadrifolium going on over here in the honors dorms of Grove U. So Dexter, right? He's got the hots for his advanced chemistry TA Lisa, which you would know as his former babysitter from growing up. <laughs> Um, because everyone is from the same town and I've got like 20 <laughs> characters to choose from. Um, however, this is going to fall in direct conflict with Mandark uh, because Mandark also wants her attention because she's the only woman in this episode, I guess, where she's introduced. I don't know. Um, so in this conflict, though, this is where things really kick off because Mandark is known as, his full name is S. Mandark, um, Astromanov. So one day, Dexter finds out that that S and S Mandark stands for Susan, and he tells everyone in class, <laughs> and that is actually canonical. The S stands for Susan. Yeah. Susan, I'm not sure why. Um, is his last I name really like Astromanov in the... Yeah. Really? Yep. Weird. Um, his, his dad has a badass name, too. I looked it up, and I can't remember it now, but I'll come back to isn't that later. Like, isn't the joke, like, his parents are, like, Russian cos- or cosmonauts or something? Yeah, yeah. it is and exactly they, that. And he, and he yeah. like, underwent, like, they spent his whole childhood, like, like, perfectly plotting him to follow this, like, super scientific path, which is why he's so pissy that Dexter's smarter than him all the time. It's, yeah. it's a whole thing. I watched yeah. a lot of Dexter's Lab. It doesn't matter. Well, it's the, basically Rocky. It's Rocky Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Anyway, the, the point being that, that at some point Dexter is going to reveal that his first name is Susan to try and make Lisa like him more, and everyone's going to laugh and find it really funny. But that's really only because Dexter, being a freshman in the sciences, has really yet to take any course that has challenged his own bias and what he is bringing to university to think that it is funny to make fun of someone's name just because it might be more feminine. So um, none of them oh. are critical thinkers yet. And also none of those people bang. So furthermore, uh, <laughs> sure. Dexter is also going to find himself in this three-pointed love shape with uh, Penny and Alice, two roommates and members of his sister's sorority, which leads to some zany stories of him sneaking around and not let the other one know. Now, oh, you, good. You, now you might be asking, who are Penny and Alice? Well, I am asking that. They time. are. They I've made, never asked that. They. I know. I'm asking for the audience because they themselves are saying who Penny and Alice. Um, you would more likely know them as the two girls from the Big Cheese episode, more likely known as the Omelette du Fromage <laughs> episode. Um, that is a classic. The, the single greatest episode of television. Ever. <laughs> um. Furthermore, to drive the point home. 
none of them ever bang due to comical timing of always sneaking around. Sure. Um, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of, oh, I didn't get to meet your boyfriend yet because he had to leave really quickly. Huh? Maybe someday you'll meet my boyfriend. And it's just a lot of fun, right? We're Which having a lot of classic fun. Flintstones episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the, the most important um, love straight line is that uh, Dexter finds a platonic friendship that turns romantic with his lab partner, a redhead named Blossom. They have yet to bang. Okay. Is that Blossom? I I see what you have served (laughs) up for yourself, and I know that you intend to spike it, and I hope that you miss. I want it to I have another, (laughs) I have a question slash request for you, Todd, before we move on. Yeah, what you got? Can you set at least one scene in a collegiate level French class so the omelette du fromage <laughs> reference can naturally come up. I, as my, I feel like as much as I want it to be a throwaway, like it's a single line thing, like they walk into French 1000 and it's up on the board or it's the first thing they write. As much as I want that, I more want a full episode where it's just what they already did done again <laughs> just with a 2020 skin yeah. over it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Good. Uh, I I actually I really like this. Um, all right, Matt, let's hear something that we're not gonna like. God, now. You, uh, the bias, <laughs> the fucking bias. All right. Um, when Kim makes her way back to Angel Grove, she is met at the outskirts of the city by Zach Taylor and Trini Kwan. Um, if if you guys don't know the names, uh, Kim obviously is the Pink Ranger. Zach is yeah. the Black Ranger, and Trini is the Yellow Ranger. Um, the three embrace and exchange eyes that lend to being way more than friends. Um, through some more assorted flashbacks and some good old-fashioned exposition, we learned that Kim had a fling with Zach early in high school that Zach never really got over. Um, later in high school and up until the fall, uh, Kim and Trini had been... <laughs> Wait, ro- the capital F fall or just the fall is in the season? Uh, the capital F <laughs> fall. I forgot to capitalize it in the notes, but I fixed that. Um, Kim and Trini had been romantically involved, but Zach's kind of dumb and never really put two and two together. Um, so that's like... That's main character love triangle that you'll get all the drama from. Um, But my whole idea here is that it all revolves around like the three older Rangers finding themselves a new team of young teenagers with attitude, which is what Zordon searched for for Power Rangers. It's a real quote. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, training them as a guerrilla fighting force. And this rotating group of younglings just bone constantly. Like it's just always sexy teen love (laughs) drama amongst the new Rangers. Um, I think the idea of a large bald man saying I'm looking for teenagers with attitude has not aged. <laughs> no, well. it absolutely hasn't. I mean, if you watch those first like eight seasons of Power Rangers, plenty of things didn't age well. Take your pick. I don't know. Maybe the fact that the yeah. yellow ranger, yellow ranger was the Asian girl and the black ranger was the African American guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's not the best thing. Yeah, yeah that I, that probably could have been done see, better. Teenagers with attitude definitely hits the ear a little differently in 2020 than it did in 1995. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, to to put a to put a, a bookend on uh, Mandark's parents, um, his parents are actually they're actually hippies. I forgot this from the episode. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It's his par- His mother's name is Ocean Bird, and his dad's name is Wind Bear. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, wow. And- Speaking of things that probably aged a little poorly. Uh yeah, and the yeah. daughter's name is Lalavava. Um, oh no. Yeah, so so that didn't land 
great. Um, but the deeper story is that Windbear and and Windbear's dad is just named Dad. Um, uh, uh, they they butted heads over how they I guess wanted Mandark to be raised or something. I don't know. There's some deep lore in Dexter out there, so Dexter Dexter fans, get at me. Todd didn't clearly didn't do the same level of research Matt did on the Power Rangers. Listen, I thought Mandark had like one dimension, and here there's two at least. All right. Well, we've got we've got our protagonists, we've got our villains, we've got our will they won't they. Basically, that means all the elements are here for season one. So we really just need to cap this off. Give me an ending. Because as we all know, the only real important episodes are the pilot and the last episodes of season one. Everything else is just filler, monster of the week nonsense. So our last episode of season one, as you guys probably know, uh, this is what leads into season two by revealing there was an even bigger bad who is actually behind everything and will be an even bigger threat next semester slash next school year. So give me your final episode twist and how it's going to tighten the pressure on your sexy teen leads. All right. So I'm so in modern Stone Age family, we are taking a, another page out of Riverdale and um, just like season one is its own story and season two just like launches off the crazy of season one and goes even crazier. So season one, the events of season one unfold Fred and Barney, like, make up, become friends, save Slate, Rock, and Gravel, find solace in their marriage, and or are just kind of like swingers now. We haven't decided what where that's going yet. <laughs> Don't like that. Um, Don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, they get their they, they set their kids on the straight and narrow. Um, but they're they're best friends now. Like they're the friends we know from the original Flintstones. It's their like kind of their origin story. They're they're hanging out. They're going to water buffalo meetings. They're they're bowling on the on Thursday nights. It's they're great now. Um, so as the sun sets on bedrock and season one, we see a red blinking light on the rock face of uh, Fred Flintstone's turned off TV screen. And we pan around and see these all these red blinking lights just kind of sparkling the Flintstone household. And we like we we kind of go through the city of Bedrock and see these hidden cameras built into the whole like landscape of the city. And the camera pulls out and we see the Flintstone living room on display to a live studio audience. Um, and a very like tall. <laughs> Are you Truman showing them? Tall, slick looking gentleman. In a very in like an all green like three piece suit walks out in front of the audience and says, "Well, friends, that was quite the show. Check in next season to see what we have in store for the sleepy round town of Bedrock. We promise you won't want to miss it." And this is the great Gazoo signing off. <laughs> Roll credits. What a very deep good. Pull. What the fuck is the matter with the Great Gazoo? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is the Great Gazoo and why does it exist? Did we ever get that explanation? I it, mean, maybe. There is no explanation. The Great Gazoo also appears in the Jetsons or like uh, a Jetsons movie. So there's there's like credence to this theory that the Flint the Jet the yep. Jetsons destroyed Earth. And well, there there is a they did a crossover yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, so like Great Kazoo, really just like Flint's as Flintstones was happening, the like space race and like sci-fi all super took off, 
And Hanna-Barbera was like, well, how are we going to appeal to these kids who love aliens and sci-fi now? I know. We'll shoehorn an obnoxious green alien into our, into our wholesome family cartoon. And, and there it is. And yes, Andrew, we're, we're, the, the big reveal is that the Truman Show slash, like, what is it? The, the Giver? The Gift? Whatever that book was oh. where they... The, or The Village, M. Night Shyamalan's The, the village. village. You just said a yeah. lot of books mm. that are all really different. The, the Village and The Giver, the Giver. are very <laughs> different books. Yeah. Yeah, The Giver did that too. Well, it was like, there was like a secret, like facility under the ground or something i forget That's yeah the, the, the that movie was not good the the twist the twist of the village is that like yeah this it's an isolated village set in the 1600s for some reason and someone escapes and it's bad i don't know that's the twist here, except it's the, also no, the, the great twist, kazoo the twist is that it isn't it's a utopian society in like 1994 yeah, yeah. something Guys, stupid that, yeah, that's that's the twist okay. here. Spoilers for what? See, I named like three you're things. You're going to go see 2004's <laughs> The Village? <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan would be so disappointed. Uh, okay. I've never um, seen The Village. I just know how bad it is. It's really so not we've that got, bad. We've got, Fred and, oh. we've got Fred and Barney as two crazy guys just happy and horny on, out on the town. <laughs> yep. Um, that's that's kind of fun. Uh, Todd, what are we going to see with our uh, with our... I am assuming a crossover. <laughs> what? Stop. Wait. Anyway, so it's nearing the end of freshman year at, at Grove University, and Dexter has had a mostly successful year, right? So he's, he's fended off Mandark as top of the class. He's avoided, he's avoided mostly being embarrassed by Deidre, um, <laughs> and he's realized that his TA, Lisa, is 100% out of his league uh, to the point that he has given up uh, after she went on a date with Mandark. So the, the dating of two th women thing also goes really bad, Avi. Um, but we, as the consumers of this show, love watching that fall apart. So it's not until the end of the episode where he's talking to his close uh, friend-lationship person, the red-headed Blossom, who we as the audience love because she's just really great. She's, she's sarcastic. She's, she's just awesome to, to experience on the screen. Does she um, have an inhumanly large eyes? <laughs> she does. She has very large eyes. Um, <laughs> but it is in that moment when they're having this kind of like end of the, the year talk where he's telling her about how he's been personally invited to meet with the provost as an award for being the student with the best grades for the year. So as Blossom and Dexter kind of share this will they, won't they moment that ends with their first awkward but very rewarding kiss, uh, Dexter walks across campus as Blossom says she's off to go hang out with her sisters. So we experience this internal monologue where Dexter's kind of like rewinding his, his school year over the successes and failures. But, you know, he decides, hey, life is really great and it can only get better. Is this so a Zach is... Braff style like inner monologue? Yep. Wrapping absolutely. everything up. <laughs> yep. Um, and so it is in that moment that we see him walking into the the main academic building on campus and as he walks through the brick halls, we see him disappear into a door that closes as the last shot shows. There's a plaque on the door that reads Grove University Provost, Dr. Mo J. Jojo, PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, I, I have a question. Uh, please. <laughs> what? What's a provost? <laughs> <laughs> 
the <laughs> well, Kyle, I, time out real quick. So short answer, they're the chief academic officer. The second thing I want to address, out of all the questions that could be asked in this podcast that we ever experience, if someone prompts you with a, oh, I've got a question for you, I imagine like anything's coming next, you know, like what are you going to... What's a provost? Not the one that I expected. <laughs> that's that's what I'm here for, Todd. <laughs> Throwing <laughs> that's, curveballs. That's what we, yeah, we call that a curveball in the biz. Yeah, the chief academic officer is the provost. Okay. Good. I'm glad to know that. Yeah. You're we, all, we all learned something today. That's kind of fun. Um, is I, I have a follow-up question. <laughs> is... is is Dr. They, they report to the president, yes. Is Dr. Mo J. Jojo a an ape with exposed brain? <laughs> how, how much monster is this, Yo, provost? Wait, 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 Kyle, Kyle, you'll have to wait until season two. Ah, yeah, yeah. They haven't they, they're waiting until well, they're waiting until season two gets picked up to even cast that part, Kyle. You know how this works. <laughs> right. We have to we have to spend four months yelling about it on the subreddit first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. I, I understand now. Um, okay, Matt. Yeah. Let's hear it. What oh, boy, got do I us? got it. Okay. I'm ready. So season ready. one ends with a final face-off. A war has waged for, like, two full episodes. The... <laughs> Which is, like, forever. Years. <laughs> In CW the repulsion force has suffered massive casualties. But the Rangers have as... But the Rangers have as well. And they have far fewer to lose. The last five rangers hold the front line at their small base outside of Angel Grove as a repulsion infantry descends upon them, led by none other than General Tommy Oliver himself. Kim, Zack, and Trini are faced with a choice. Do they recall their troops and surrender, or do they let these five teenagers die for nothing like their two best friends did ten years ago? Kim decides to take a stand and leaves the base to hold the line with the young rangers. Trini follows behind her, and Zack isn't too far behind. General Tommy Oliver walks in front of the infantry up to Kim. Kim has saved Tommy before, although she's not sure what she's saving him from now. He's been leading these forces since the fall, and it seems to be completely of his own volition. As the two have a tense moment of exposition, a ghostly flute song begins to sound from the distance. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'm almost there. <clears throat> and a white arrow flies past Kim's shoulder, hitting General Oliver right in the eye. He melts away into nothing as the real Tommy Oliver comes from behind the base, seemingly out of nowhere. With their general dead, the rest of the repulsion fleet retreats, <laughs> vowing to return in season two for more plot. Tommy explains that the real threat <laughs> is the leader of the repulsion force. He has only seen her in Southern California a few times, but he knows the grunts refer to her as Comrade Commander Rita. Yep. Ah. There it is. I just wanna I just wanna throw out that, that come on, I'm almost there could have referred to a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> um Commander It said com it said no less than three times in the in the uh, <laughs> show. Command Commander Rita is my favorite uh summer drink. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Very good. I'm, yep, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it's it. It's someone's someone's attempt to battle it with Natter <laughs> in summer Comrade 2020. Commander Rita. I'm still, it's like 
it's like the man the the manly version of the limearita. Like it's li- like back when Bush Light used to put camouflage on their beer cans. Yes. This is limearita with like with camouflage and like truck tires. A pounder on it. of limearita wrapped in an American flag. I'm still not convinced Matt didn't just find like a CW show Mad Libs and fill out yeah, and fill it out did. with his own he, verbs and ad now, adverbs. What he had described is the CW's The 100. Um Featuring <laughs> featuring most most of the actors from the Battlestar Galactica series from honestly Osaka. like what I was that is exactly like one like almost to a T like what you described is the one so okay first off we've said before there are really only like three storylines at all of television um, yes you're what I was going right. for was more of like Red Dawn um, which I know none of you guys have seen but it's it's that same it's like the Divergent uh, Maze Runner. Hunger Games like it's like kind of it's, style. it's yeah. the it's bad like, guys won and the last few grizzled yeah. good guys have one fight left in them and so they gotta a, a bunch of teens have to save yeah they gotta rally the some sexy teens to fight the bad guys who have already won the war once yeah that's that's it if our if our world ever ends, if we run out of sexy teens, I don't know I don't, what we're gonna do. They're the most valuable resource we have. <laughs> <laughs> What's the export rate on sexy teens? <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we're going to do our super secret bonus question. Um, So I'll read it off real quick. So we talked about, you know, getting into season two. We talked about escalating to the big bad. That said, your show is doing really well. Surprise. Um, And the network needs another new property. And obviously, we don't have any time to build something new. So we're doing a spinoff. Jesus. Oh, Oh, yeah. And since 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 it worked well for shows like Angel... And I literally cannot cite a second show that did that. <laughs> was a successful spinoff. Uh, pitch for me the spinoff series that will inevitably fail after seven episodes. And we will do so right after the break. Hey, what's up, everybody? Matt here. Uh, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Torg Gaming Expo. Uh, the 2020 Torg Gaming Expo is happening Saturday, May 30th at the Super Kick Columbus Indoor Soccer Arena in Lewis Center, Ohio. Lewis Center is like Columbus adjacent. It's just a little bit north. There's going to be a ton of stuff going on there. They'll have video games, toys, comic book vendors. They'll also have door prizes, arcades, art set up, different special guests and panels and video game tournaments and cosplay and the whole nine. It's going to be an awesome expo and one of the best gaming events in Central Ohio. It's definitely worth coming out to because not only do you get this awesome video game expo, you can also witness the classic Tetris World Championship Midwest qualifiers, which is amazing. Uh, If you missed the weird Tetris episode, episode we did a couple of weeks ago oh man is andrew really into tetris now and oh man is he really excited for this midwest qualifiers so i'm sure we're gonna shut the debate this table down for a hot second so we can go watch people play tetris speaking of the debate this table we will be there as a vendor this year and we'd really love to see everybody but if you would like to be a vendor with us there are still tables available for vendors and there are spots available for sponsors as well so if you are interested in helping out with the event but not necessarily being on hand that day you can get information about sponsorship and also information about being a vendor at their website, which is torgevents.com. This whole thing is presented by the Canned Air Podcast, 
which is the podcast that Randy is from, and also gave us a shout out on their last episode. So thank you again to those guys. And Randy, thanks for being on the episode this week. If you like anything, comic books, nerd culture, video games, pop culture, Candare is the podcast for you. They are an awesome like morning zoo style show just about pop culture, which is great. And I love it. Anyway, that's Candare. Check them out. But the Torg convention, you can check out at torgevents.com. Again, it's Saturday, May 30th at the Superkick Columbus Indoor Soccer Arena in Lewis Center, Ohio. GA tickets are just $10. Torgevents.com. Back to me and the episode. All right, welcome back. Uh, our super secret bonus question, just as a quick reminder, we are looking for the next spinoff for each of your latest and greatest CW franchises. So we will start with Kyle. Um, yeah, so we we have our act one and act one finale big twist revealing that the Simpsons is or not the Simpsons. The Flintstones is uh, weirdly this this Truman Show esque um, entertainment for some advanced so some much more advanced civilization um featuring hosted by the great gazoo um what season two will introduce and 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 realize a little more fully is um one such uh viewer on of the show a very maybe very closely related because it will turn out that the flintstones um show is um is very heavily sponsored by Spacely Sprockets, um, which will lead, <laughs> which will walk a very long path to tie into uh, the, another um, sexy CW show, The Jetsons. Um, <laughs> yeah, and starring George Jetson, his boy Elroy, daughter Judy, Jane, his wife, and their their robot maid, Rosie. Um and it's it's gonna be just as as garbage, trashy sexiness as the Flintstone ones was, and for and I know you are all asking it. Yes, does Rosie have big cans? Rosie Rosie is a is a sexy fembot in this no. continuity. Oh. I'm glad I we were both there. I don't. Wow. I I gotta give credit to the Jetsons for having a slapping theme song. Cause you you read through those characters and the Jetsons came out thirty <laughs> years before I was born and it immediately started singing the theme song. It, yeah. That's um. True. My my quick research while doing the while on the break was that um the Jetsons theme actually charted in 1986. In 1986. So, that's wild. Twenty four yeah. <laughs> years after the Jetsons premiered, it charted. Oh yep. my god! That's absolutely wild. That's incredible. Oh, you know why? You know why? Because that was the Jetsons yeah. movie. Yeah, because they yeah. did a movie. Mm. Wow. So there it is. Huh. That's our spinoff, the Jetsons. Okay. Okay, I love it. Uh, Todd, what's our spinoff for uh, Dexter's Lab? <laughs> yeah. So, um, as a Gen Ed course in his freshman year, Dexter had to take child psychology. Um, so, in that, he, as part of one of the projects. Um, that he was given, he had to design, uh, basically, he had to come up with a proposal of the best way to teach kids communication styles. So in a panic, he built a very involved PowerPoint presentation over how puppets are a perfect medium for communicating with small children. Since this is obviously a very bad idea, but he delivered it very well, 
it backfired and his project was selected as the top project. So, the spinoff of Grove University follows the bad short stories that Dexter writes for his new puppet pals, Mitch and Clem. Oh, oh my God. That was <laughs> such a long walk. That often, I did not know where you were going. I didn't either. That, that often yeah. don't have any actual moral to their stories oh, and always man. ends with one puppet bonking the other one with a foam baseball bat. <laughs> you, okay, real talk, though. Do you guys remember? So when we talked that day, we talked about Guitar Hero and like all of our brains like simultaneously like dislodged all this like yeah. all of these memories. This is what would happen to me when every time you talk about Dexter's lab, like all of these things just come rushing yeah. back. Like the floodgates are like, I, I have not thought about Mitch or what is it? Puppet pals with Mitch and Clem in years. Hey, hey puppet pal Clem. Can you guess what my favorite kind of horse is? Um, a Clydesdale. Nope. A bucking Bonko. And then he hits him with the thing and it goes. <laughs> and so even so like the, the the best part about it is i forgot that this was a show within a show within a show yeah. so yeah. like it was dexter's laboratory but this was for um the justice friends and yeah. it would be the show that crunk or what is it, his name was uh crunk yeah his name was crunk yeah it was the show that crunk, crunk. would crunk, crunk van halen and uh Valhalla. Valhalla. and and major and major glory because no one's getting and, sued here Major yeah. glory. Todd, we and would have also, also accepted had, um, Dial M for Monkey. Dial M for yes. Monkey. I was just going to say that one. Yeah. I feel like that's going to ultimately be like, that's going to end up being some uh, tragic connection to Mojo Jojo in the end. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Planning. That's like a season okay. three thing, though. All right. Thank you. Thank you for those memories, Todd. <laughs> All right, Matt. How are we spinning off? Oh, Rangers? boy. Well, so obviously the big season one finale reveal is that. Tommy Oliver has not been the uh, general of the repulsion force the whole time. And so there's Naturally. there's 10 unaccounted years after the fall. The last thing we saw of Tommy Oliver was him stabbing Jason Lee Scott in the back and running off as the Green Ranger. And so we're going to get that that spinoff series of what has Tommy Oliver been doing for the last 10 years of course and it's gonna be a, a good old-fashioned spy drama of him living on the outskirts like some sort of crazy rogue of angel grove but there's a putty who is his in his likeness who's leading the force and so he's gonna sneak into buildings because he looks like the general but he's not the general he's the green ranger and it's probably gonna be called like the green ranger files or something i don't know i didn't have a good long walk to the park like the other two did um um, Matt, you've <laughs> got you've got like twenty years of good spinoff names to pull from. Yeah, like you could just make it yeah. the Rangers Turbo or the Rangers yeah. Samurai. Like, now he's Samurai Sword or whatever. Green Ranger, but Ninja. <laughs> Green Ranger, but Car. Green Ranger, yeah, but Space. But like it's literally I, possibilities I mean, I are endless. That, but like, I feel I'm like trying to create a new cohesive continuity. Like I'm not sure. No, I appreciate that. Why? You're going more in like a you're doing more like a Fear the Walking Dead kind of thing where you want to show like the fall, the capital I F fall. Wish Is that what I'm hearing? That you had not brought up Fear the Walking Dead and tied me to that. But yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I just realized that if we're ever playing Kings again, one of the categories could be iterations of Power Rangers. And you would never know. You wouldn't know who was actually wrong. Right. You could just start making up some crazy shit. All right, guys. Uh let's do some closing statements. Get this thing wrapped up. Um, so Andrew, or we are, we are trying to make the next 
like sexy CW drama. And and while the other two might have brought good shows, I brought the sexiest show. And I think that needs to count for something. <laughs> it does need to count for something. You're right. Um, That's all I Andrew, got. <laughs> Andrew, I'm going to keep this pretty, pretty easy for you. This is an easy transition. It's going to be very, very good. Not only do we get sexy, awkward Dexter, um, and we're going to get this cool crossover universe. If you buy into seasons two and three of this Dexter's Lab build, I promise you, since we're crossing over with the Powerpuff Girls universe, Eventually, you're going to get a phys ed teacher named Fuzzy Lumpkins. And that is what we want more than anything else here, my man. Todd, Todd's Just, promising you uh, the next, like, Fortnite, like, f- super crossover show. Like, Just, the, I, like the DC universe on All CW. I want to do is go eat a bag of Doritos and watch Dexter's <laughs> Lab for, like, the rest of the day. That is all I want to do right now. Just, Just you wait. Until we get to the head conduct officer, um, a a curious character who goes only by the title him. Oh man! Oh, oh yeah! Boy. Oh man! When that that episode when they when he created basically created hell. Yeah. Like <laughs> kind of messed up. It was heavy. Early two thousands yeah. Cartoon Network let a lot of shit they slide. Got away with so much. Yeah. So it was just it was just a just a like a like a playground for aspiring yeah. artists you guys know dexter's lab is created by the same guy who made samurai yeah. jack right samurai jack yeah yeah uh okay. jenny Tart something yep Jindy Tart- Tartakovsky. Yeah. i will absolutely murder the name if i try um Matt. um i fed a bot 26 seasons of power Rangers, <laughs> and then i fed that bot 20 years of wb slash cw content that bot was me. I wrote a script. Like it, please. Thanks. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, uh, let's do some good vibes. I think Matt needs some words of <laughs> words of encouragement. Um. So yeah, Todd, you you turned Dexter's Lab into a a sexy college drama, which was was the assignment. And it's very good. I definitely like the uh, like early inclusion of the Powerpuff Girls, and I think I think you actually d- somehow did a show, um, so good. And Matt, you you did a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> you worked very hard, and I wish I cared more about Power Rangers, but I was not allowed to watch Power Rangers growing up, so I n- know nothing of what you were talking about. It was all nonsense nouns uh, and verbs to me but but you oh, certainly I'm sorry bud you certainly worked hard am, and i'm proud of you i think kyle needs some words of encouragement sad knowing that. that you have never seen power rangers than i am that i'm not gonna win this week oh i mean i i mean i i saw it when i was older but like five-year-old to, to eight-year-old kyle was not allowed to watch power rangers which would have been the perfect time for yeah. for me to watch it so yeah, yeah. um I'll, Kyle, I, yours was very sexy and <laughs> per, perhaps too sexy. My, <laughs> was that, was that not the assignment? <laughs> I, uh, you know, when we got into this, I was really expecting that, um, you were both going to take properties that I thoroughly enjoyed as a child and just like tear them apart before my eyes. And you did that. Um, but in all the right ways that we were told to do it. <laughs> Uh, the, the weird, um, 
the weird love triangle. I don't know if it's a triangle. There's a lot of love going on in yours. A lot of people loving each other. Um, and it's I think a living. <laughs> I I can't wait and also dread the moment that someone that that Fred looks at the screen and says, "Oh, I'm glad I got my rocks off because it'll feel gross." <laughs> um, uh, Matt, if, if um, you don't feel like you need to take a shower after watching yeah. that episode, we didn't do our job. Yeah, I feel like yours is actually it's gonna make it's gonna the episodes are gonna end making you feel like you've just watched an episode of Shameless. Yeah. Where like yeah. everything is like sweaty and hurried and gross. Yep. Um uh Matt, I actually did appreciate all yeah. of the work that you did. Um because yeah, because I watched a lot of Power Rangers. Um and it wasn't that long ago. I think I went back, you know, in the past five or eight years and was like, Oh, yep. they're still doing it. Like it's still happening. <laughs> um I had also watched a thing a while ago that explained kind of what you had where like they weren't recorded right. together. Like they would just, yeah, they would basically just get the clips of the fights and they'd be like, well, I guess that's what we have to yeah, work with to write a it's story. Crazy. I guess. It's like, I can't yeah. imagine walking into a writer's room every day and being like, all right, here's the choreography for the week. Write a story about it. Like that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's basically yeah. like writing a reality show. The, yeah, you just let you let the footage write the story instead of the other way around. But I um I did not see the 2017 whenever it was Power Rangers yeah, movie. Um, I don't know. Did yeah? Did anyone here? Did we I answer did, that question? Okay, just I think it was just, just yeah. I because uh, I heard it wasn't good, and that's a shame because like you, when I saw that like bootleg clip, I was also excited for a good reboot. So. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but it sounds like you did a better job than they did. I I actually feel bad for you about that, Matt, because I was told the Power Rangers, this 2017 Power Rangers movie was good if you were a fan of Power Rangers. And I was like, not a show I watched growing up. I can skip it. And I'm really I'm really like bummed for you that it was not that. And it was actually yeah, just bad for everyone. And like, I don't know. I, I when I was nine was like a diehard Power Rangers fan. <laughs> and now I don't even know that I would go far enough to call myself a dirty casual until 48 hours ago when I started prepping for this episode. Like um, it's, like I said earlier, Power Rangers is one of those things that every time it's reintroduced into my life, I'm reminded of how much I loved it as a kid. But then like, you know, you you watch any of the new stuff and you're like, man, eight-year-old Matt would still be into this, but... 27 year old Matt is not sure um like the the 20 year anniversary of Power Rangers um or 25 year I'm sorry in in 2018 the end of that season which I think was like Neo Force or something like that they got every Power Ranger ever all the actors that are still alive yes. to come back and fight like one big battle and um I watched it the yeah it was crazy it was Jesus. like 50 people um, I watched it the other day when I was prepping for this. It's like a 25 minute clip. And like, it was cool. It was awesome. I was like, man, fucking Tommy and Jason and Kimberly. This is so cool. Is it just 25 minutes of each person going, um, Red Ranger, more? That is, Red Ranger. <laughs> it's like 11 of the 25 minutes. <laughs> I cannot believe they expended the budget to get all of those actors back. Because that very much it's had insane. to have cut into the. Like, okay, but what are what are a lot of those people well, doing anymore? 
I like, mean, some of these, some of the people, like the the OG ones, like they've got they, careers. I mean, yeah, I, they Amy left the show for a reason. And I, I Amy Jo I Johnson was in something like she was in like a yeah. She does uh, like Jason, lifetime movies. Jason David like Frank that. is an MMA fighter. Like he's yes. <laughs> he is he is still the Green <laughs> Ranger, which is fucking so cool. He both both he and Zordon were uh, were featured yeah. on Can Air. Yeah, Can Air. yeah, um, that's right. Oh, my turn for good vibes. Yeah. Um, Kyle. Yeah. Good job, man. I, I that was cool. I enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, when we got this prompt and it was make a sexy teen slash young adult drama, I focused on the words young adult and you focused on the words sexy teen. And that took us in different directions this <laughs> week. Um, little good, bad sandwich action here. I hated Everybody you made Pebbles sleep with. That made me really uncomfortable and gross. (laughs) As it should. The good bread on the other side of that bad sandwich is the Great Gazoo uh, Truman Show reveal is excellent. Um, Big fan. Yeah. Um, Todd, like everyone else I went to college with, I also had that weird phase where I watched Greek on Netflix twice. Um, <laughs> and it was it was yeah. cool to see another college drama, but with names that I know. I loved Dexter's Lab, like easily one of my favorite cartoons of my childhood. Um, and I still like I quote Dexter's Lab every once in a while. Often it's omelet du fromage. <laughs> Sometimes it's something else, but usually it's cheese omelet. Um, and I'm glad that that came back because that was that was the one box I was like, man, if Todd doesn't drop a cheese omelet joke here, we're not getting anywhere um but you did yep i'm glad you i'm glad you pointed out that todd ripped off greek because that was a show that everyone in my house in college watched but me and i would not have gotten that that was what todd was doing so thank you i uh i accidentally did that i (laughs) i wanted to say the equation has been followed by many people but i do remember that yeah yeah i mean it's like everybody's in college in between sophomore and junior year it's like man you guys want to watch greek I do. I do want to watch Greek. Yeah. <laughs> it's about our lives. Um, <laughs> but yeah, good good job, everybody. And and you know what? Good job, me. I'm proud of myself, and I'm going to take that the whole way to the bank. <laughs> good job, Matt. Good job, Matt. And that's exactly what the exec said as they came running out of their cocaine den. <laughs> I mean, meeting room. <laughs> so good news is all three of these pilots <laughs> are getting picked up. Woo! That, <laughs> great. that was that was their reaction too. Uh, bad news is the CW can only pick up one of them. So let's go in order. Kyle, ah, uh, your your show is very good. However, the CW decided that the infidelity was a little <laughs> too hinky for them. You and, uh, because at, you at the end not, of the day, you have not watched <laughs> Riverdale. Andrew. At, at the end of the day, the CW can't handle any more infidelity and is going to stick to just straight up uh, teen, teen, teen doing it. So, uh, Freeform has picked <laughs> Freeform. up the Flintstones, oh. the modern, a modern day family, whatever the hell you called it. Uh, you can see Freeform on its streaming app and maybe on Hulu Plus. I think no one knows how where Freeform actually is. I don't. I don't even know that it actually exists. Um, so that brings us to Todd. Uh, I think your show is the one that I want to watch the most, but I realize that I am not the key demographic here. So unfortunately, the CW has passed on Dexter's Lab. 
Uh, but good news. Uh, oh, Pop TV there we oh man, Pop out. TV. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been sending them to voicemail for the past month for different things. Pop, Pop TV is going to cover it. Uh, they'll give you a couple episodes on their streaming app, but app only. You can't get it on PlayStation. <laughs> so what else? You have is, to watch it in browser. What am I competing with? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <Matt>. yes. <laughs> Matt, yes! congratulations! The CW oh, is picking up. I've never Rangers. been so happy to win an episode and before. I know it's I mostly know. that merch deal. <laughs> yeah, it's oh yeah, merch deal. I'm gonna tell you why the CW picked up Rangers because you made the perfect young adult <laughs> drama. Because, like I said earlier, you basically restated, re- reincarnated the 100, which is, I think, is one of their more successful apocalyptic teen dramas. I have to, I have to specify that that is its own genre. Of apocalyptic teen drama. Um, we're we're going to get the entire cast from Battlestar Galactica. They're Canadian, so they don't have to get paid as much. It's going to all work oh, out very well. Man, I'm so um, happy. Yeah. So congratulations. Man, somebody, congratulations somebody call Jason that. David Frank. I'm putting him in this show. He's still the Green Ranger. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put him in the pilot. We'll put him in the pilot so we can get that trailer promo. One change is we're going to have to, you'll have to narrow it down to only one non-descriptive noun to it describe an actual <laughs> event. We can't have the divide, the fall, and the repulsion. It has All to right, be we'll, one of the three. Um, we'll, we'll hit it on the writer's room and we'll leave something on the floor. Fantastic. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening in to Debate This. Uh, you all can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast. And also check out our website at debatethiscast.com. Uh, if you like what our heat, what, ugh, if you like what you hear, if you like what I hear, uh, if you like what we all hear, please leave us a review so more people can hear this these shenanigans. Until next time, my name is Andrew Henderson. I'm Kyle. Um, seriously, go watch at least season one of Riverdale. It's a trip, Harper. <laughs> I'm Todd. Major Glory and Thomas. I'm Matt, the fantabulous emancipation of Tommy Oliver Cole. <laughs> <laughs> and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets.